0: chose the president's favorite Adam Schiff to kick things off today. Schiff spoke for two and a half hours and made a very persuasive case. He had visual aids and everything. It was a real abusive PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) He laid out a ton of evidence against the president. Much of it sound bites of Trump himself. And he invoked the founding fathers in their words a lot. Schiff quoted Hamilton so many times today, he was nominated for five Tony Awards. (laughs) Which is funny. (laughs) So they're hoping that um, uh, little visual aids and stuff like that made a better impression, I guess? Yeah. Well, I'd heard one account from somebody in the gallery that
1: it was really interesting. The senators were kind of sitting there milling around. One had his head on his desk, but every time they showed a video, they really perked up and watched that.
0: Hmm. I'm thinking it's just like third graders. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like children. Yeah. So I'm reading the book The Impeachers, which is about the impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Um, he was the president after Lincoln. when Lincoln's shot, and Johnson becomes president. What? And Johnson. The Impeacher
2: um, sounds like the worst cover band that works the D.C. metro area <laughs> that you can imagine, right? Yeah, really
0: bad. Ladies and gentlemen, The Impeacher. A lot of Gloria and Louie, Louie. Can I get my check? I'm going. Um, and uh, the book came out last year, so presumably this was written and researched uh, long before they knew Trump was going to be impeached. But. Oh, yeah, I think so. It's, it's uh, The reviews are terrific. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting book, and uh, I was going to read a little bit from it on impeachment kind of just in general. I'm gonna make sure I do this in the right order. Do I have this?
1: Sounds a little eggheaded, headed, a little highbrow. I'll make really inappropriate jokes uh, here and there to kind of even things out.
0: Oddly, for years, and this is in the, the the preface about impeachment in general, and this impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Oddly, for years, the intensely dramatic event, the impeachment of the U.S. president, has largely been papered over or ignored by historians. And like I learned almost nothing about it in school. Um, right. People never Just talked about it. Just the fact that it happened, yeah. and nothing else. For years, we've sidestepped the ignominious moment when a highly unlikable president was brought to trial by the president, uh, by the Senate. The whole episode left such a bitter aftertaste that the eminent scholar Van Woodward said more than four decades ago that historians often often relegated the term impeachment to the abysmal dustbin of never again experiences like secession, and appeasement, and isolationism. Just wow. something that was a bad idea that we weren't ever going to do again. How interesting. Um, uh, another lawyer who wrote a book and was uh, did not like Andrew Johnson at all concluded, all, albeit sadly, that the whole affair was a political and legal train wreck. Does this sound familiar to the Clinton impeachment, for sure. instance? That yeah. I think almost everybody agrees now was a bad idea. Um, and, and I do think that's how it's going to end up being here. What's one of the reasons we don't like impeachment? The author writes Impeaching a president implies that we make mistakes, grave ones, in electing or appointing officials, and that these elected men and women might not be great, but small, unable to listen to, never mind to represent, the people they serve with justice, conscience, and equanimity. Impeachment suggests dysfunction, uncertainty, and discord. Not the discord of war, which can be memorialized as valorous or purposeful. Or idealistic, but the far less dramatic and often squalid, sad, intemperate conflicts of peace, partisanship, race, and rancor. Impeachment implies a failure. Mm. See, I don't
1: mind that. It's funny. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all. The but, uh, I consider government a failure until it proves otherwise. But that's my particular philosophical bent.
0: Yeah, but I can I can see why uh, they don't live well in history. It's just it's uh there, there's nothing good about it. It's 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 incredibly partisan it 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 suggests that we're not particularly good at electing people and mm-hmm. both sides uh, get killed in it and it's just it's so yeah. we kind of and i don't think you never hear about the clinton impeachment unless it's brought up in the context of it was a bad idea that's the only time i ever hear it brought up that republicans ended up losing because of it
1: yeah yeah although that's even more complicated than than people tend to make it um yeah, I think Nixon is the flaming example, though he was not impeached. He was absolutely going to be impeached, and that was righteous, bipartisan,
0: and, and needed. Maybe that's the way it should work, though. When it's so incredibly obvious, uh, both sides are on board to the point that the president, whoever's president, realizes, I can't be president. Right. Well, that, I gotta go. I go on on my own. That was the point of view
1: expressed repeatedly and vehemently by Nancy Pelosi less than a year ago. She was hammering her caucus to understand that. Well, when books, And she was
0: right. When books are written years from now about this impeachment, it will include many private conversations, I assume, or maybe a memoir by Nancy Pelosi. And when she makes it clear she had no interest in this whatsoever, yeah. she was pushed. She didn't want to do this clear up until the end. She and was going to
1: lose her caucus.
0: And then at the point that she had no choice, she, she jumped in with both feet because what else are you going to do? But I don't think she ever thought this was a good idea. But it's almost certainly going to end up, we've had three impeachments and it's going to be the same thing. A bunch of people who hated the president got all worked up about something mm-hmm. that wasn't really impeachable. Right. and uh, then, It might have been pretty dumb or bad or dishonest, but not enough. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the person ended up staying in office. It would be wild if all three of them end up being that way. Well, and then, and in retrospect, dollar—that's exactly what's going to happen. In retrospect, most people think, "Yeah, hey, we'd have been better off not doing that." I think so too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And those of you who hate Trump and you've just heard one side over and over again—I get why you're utterly convinced the guy needs to be convinced, uh, impeached rather. All you've heard is the prosecution, um, over and over and over again. And it's easy to think. Well, he's clearly guilty, and then you haven't heard the defense, or at least not put forward in a uh, a good way. I'll occasionally hear, like on Morning Joe on MSNBC, they will set up a, a, a tiny little straw man and just kick the hell out of him and say they've uh, given uh, some respect to the other point of view, but you really haven't heard it yet. And so it's going to be astounding to you when the Senate, with the election, I mean, a few months from now, says, look, we'll just let the American people decide on this. Um, it's going to seem outrageous and horrible to you, because we're all in our little ideological bubbles.
0: It's a, the, the, if you're into impeachment at all, the uh, the impeachers, the Andrew Johnson thing, it's pretty interesting. I mean, they get into the the founders and what they had on their mind and what they wrote in the federalists and all that sort of stuff about Mm -hmm. what they wanted impeachment to be and not be and how it unfolded uh, with the Andrew Johnson thing. But
1: yeah, uh, I need to read some of those federalist papers because you know, like anything else uh, you can select a a word here, a phrase there, a sentence there and, and present a, a case that serves your side and somebody else can do the same thing. But, um, I I you know it's funny I think Nancy was absolutely right what she was saying in March it's got to be overwhelming and bipartisan otherwise we're making a terrible mistake but her her her
0: uh, caucus wouldn't have it my final thought on this so uh, don't uh, bore people to death but how, what do you think of the argument that um a long game political strategy it it's good for the democrats trump's going to get a beating um uh He's spending a lot of time having to deal with, you know, it, it, it kind of clogs up his presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, makes him less effective,
1: therefore less likely it, to be reelected. He'll, he'll, in he'll
0: or, be weakened come the election. Right,
1: yeah. Well, that, I'm sure.
0: That makes it worth it for yeah, the Democrats.
1: I, I think there are probably a lot of smart, reasonable people who just, their their job is to bring down the other party and raise their party. That's how they make their living that... You know, they're, they're dishonest, but they're in the same way my defense attorney is dishonest. He's not going to tell the jury if, you know, there's a lot of evidence that says Joe is guilty. You know, it's, it's one sided. Um, and, uh, and then they're pitching that narrative that look, we'll, we'll just, we'll paint him with this and Trump fatigue, which is a real thing, will grow and it'll depress turnout. I'm here to tell you, and listen, I don't have 10 million friends, so I'm not sure about this, but in my circle of friends and associates and acquaintances and the rest of it, there is an overwhelming reaction to all of this, the from day one, we're going to impeach the guy, and the and the mainstream media joining in and repeating the Russian collusion narrative and the rest of it, an overwhelming transition from... The guy makes me crazy, but I guess he's better than Hillary, or I guess he's better than a Democrat, too. F it! I'm with Trump. I'm with Trump. F you! I'm with Trump. I can't tell you the number of people who have reacted to this relentless, you know, Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff and and, uh, and uh, who else? What was the other guy? It doesn't matter. The real, uh, Oh, well, all of the, the alphabet networks, the relentless banging on Trump they don't care if he told the Ukraine guy, you got to announce an a, a investigation of Biden or you're not getting your money. They couldn't give less of a flip. F you, F CNN, F Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, and Maxine Waters, I'm voting for Trump, which is the danger of not only crying wolf, but assembling the Mormon Tabernacle Choir to sing wolf 25 Four hours a day since the day the guy's inaugurated. Uh, so, but again, I suggest we all meet in November and vote on it.
0: So the moms for housing finally got their home this week. That's become kind of a national story. It's out of Oakland. We'll talk about that coming up. It's the, the moms who squatted in a house illegally, right. and now they're getting to buy it with some of your taxpayer money. Or your money. Um, it's quite a story. So, stay tuned for that. On the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty. This morning, Mr. Peanut grabbing headlines. The center of a surprising ad blasted out online. Starring the 104-year-old mascot, Wesley Snipes and Matt Walsh. Mr. Peanut, no you don't. Don't do it, Mr. Peanut. The lovable nut meeting an untimely end in a stunt by Planters. Mr. Mr. Peanut's home for his entire life. People are talking about it, you know, over a week in advance. He's an icon
0: and people love him because he's been around for 104 years. So to see him (laughs) die on the, the world's biggest stage, it being the Super Bowl, is huge.
1: We've gone to an ad expert to explain why Mr. Peanut is so popular.
0: People love him. (laughs) Do do they? Oh,
1: they do. Do they? and how.
0: Is there anybody, man, woman, or child that loves Mr. Peanut? Really? My wife, my children, and Mr. Peanut?
1: That's who I love. Oh All ah, right. So, so now the talk you know, the, the, the damn morning shows. Now here's a human being saying words. <laughs> and for and for those of you for whom that's enough, I'm sure you'll sit there wide eyed and open mouthed, drooling and watching our commercials.
2: Well, I'm well you know sorry, that was
1: you know what that was? That was uh that was what, demeaning.
0: Mr. Peanut has been around for hundred and four years and people love him. <laughs> No, no, they don't. Not really. <laughs> Not really. There's no affection. mildly amused, barely.
1: <laughs> it's, it's they love him. <laughs> She's some writer for Ad World, but uh, you know <laughs> oh. you can't fault her. So they Mr. said, "Hey, can you? Uh, we need you to explain the appeal of Mister Peanut." I don't know. He's a peanut wearing a hat. <laughs> what, it's kind of funny. I don't know. I don't it's, know. It's nothing really. It's just it's just it's the appeal of the M for McDonald's. Oh, people love the curve of the uh, oh no, it's just it's an emblem.
0: I would eat exactly the same number of peanuts had Mr. Of Peanut of any damn brand. <laughs> <He doesn't laughs> had even, Mr. Peanut never existed. He
2: doesn't even have some sort of relatable like catchphrase there like the Tony the Tiger, they're great, right? They're, he's he's just this weird animated thing. Well, and and elitist people love I mean, him. The top Sean. Hat, the, uh, she just said the so. Monocle. People love him. The cane. He was a monster. He he packaged up millions of his own kind and sold them to the American <laughs> people as snacks <laughs> to eat. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. What the
1: hell? You're right. That's incredibly troubling. It was like, you know, if if a cow was the McDonald's spokesperson. Oh, my meat is so good. Kill me and all my
2: family. (laughs) Barbaric. Mr. Peanut isn't beloved. He's a monster. (laughs) His reign of terror is finally over. (laughs) no kidding. Now, if,
1: if, if Uncle Cashew was pitching peanuts, that I would get.
0: Not sacrificing his own kind. So he's hanging on a branch with the two
2: movie stars. Yes. Who's the blonde guy? Uh, Matt Walsh, um, uh, from the Veep show, probably most famously, did a lot of Daily Show correspondence stuff back in the John Stewart era. Okay.
0: All they're right. hanging on a branch over a canyon. Yes. And to save their lives, he, Mr. Peanut lets himself drop. Because they're, they're, the branch they're hanging on is cracking. Yeah. The three of them is too much, Jack. Somebody's got to sacrifice themselves. And
2: Mr. Peanut falls to his death,
0: and then bursts into flames when he hits the ground.
2: Uh, there's a there's a bit of a oh maybe he's okay, and then the explosion. So uh, it, it's a, it's played for uh, comedic effect. <laughs> the peanut oh, oil, you, that's kind of funny. Um, uh, and Just then, for the record, uh, Mr. Uh, peanut
0: unshelled.
1: He had his full peanut shell. I'm trying to picture him. He's like a ballpark peanut with the shell on, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: He is shelled,
1: right? No, shelled means the shell has been removed. Which is always confusing. If I man.
0: Get, if I climb in a shell, aren't I shelled? No. I'm shelled at that You're point. You're unshelled. I'm, uh, right. What? Yes.
2: <laughs> Nuts oh, are the opposite. Wow.
1: <laughs> Nuts are the opposite of like people. Okay. Am I housed? If I'm in a house, yes. If a nut has been shelled, it has no shell.
0: Okay. That is the opposite. Um, and then the Super Bowl, they're going to run the, the funeral which I assume is going to be many celebrities. (laughs) It will probably be amusing. Because everyone
1: loves Mr. Peanut. Everyone loves Mr. Peanut. Was there a Mrs. Peanut? I'm not here to out the guy, but it's kind of weird. I I think he was a player. uh, Oh, kind of George Clooney-ish more. Well, George Clooney's married. I think he got with Cashews. Leo
2: DiCaprio. Bit of a mixed nuts sort of thing, if oh, you know what yeah. I mean. Really? Yeah. yeah, Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And 105 years ago, that was controversial. Oh, yeah. He would get with a pecan. <laughs> if he didn't have his family's resources, he probably would have been an outcast in many ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> They'd have roasted him
1: for that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So- You're going to hear more of that during the commercial.
2: <laughs> I'm oh, the good.
0: Um, did you hear about the moms for housing? They got so much attention all across the nation, certainly in the, in Oakland. You got these moms that just squatted in the house, and they're, they they got kids, and they're moms, and they got nowhere to live. There's so, a housing shortage. So they just broke into a house and stayed there. Well, the, the person who owned the house said, you got to get out, and finally got them evicted. Right. But it became a, a cause celeb. And they came up with a way to let these moms buy the house officially, as of Monday, they get to uh, they, they 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 bought the house. Well,
1: a nonprofit did, from what I understand, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's pretty complicated to try to figure out where the money came from, how it got moved around, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But anyway, keeping in mind the uh, mayor of Oakland is a communist. Mayor Libby Schaaf uh, says they've made an agreement that if the company sells any of the properties in the future. That the, uh, the women still get to stay in the home. Because they own a bunch of houses. M- most of them vacant, I think. The, it's an investment. The mayor was asked today if this deal might result in copycats, people who occupy a vacant home and then try to claim it. We're not here to condone unlawful acts, but we are here to respect them and passionately advance what inspired them. We're not here to condone unlawful acts. We're here to reward them. <laughs> we're here to passionately love what inspired them to... Break into a home and stay there? I swear
1: to God, these people just need to write greeting cards because their analysis goes about that deep.
0: That makes more sense than everybody loves Mr. Peanut. Well, and when we come back, can we consider their slogan,
1: housing is a human right? Let's turn that one over and look at it. (laughs) Mark Wahlberg and TV host Dr. Oz have been fighting on social media this week about the importance of breakfast and people's diets. Call me crazy,
0: but I'm going to side with the medical expert over Dr. Oz. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, I wanted to hit you with this text before we go any further. Did the story yesterday about this guy who calls himself Pirate, who's a, a multiple-time convicted rapist. Kidnapper monster just crazy person. scary as hell person and he's out on the streets of redding california right why did he go back to redding to collect his disability checks oh boy now this person says he's on disability probably because he's got uh, an entire face tattoo and he's unemployable i don't i don't know why he's on disability but he's getting he's getting tax money to <sighs> walk around the streets of redding as a uh, scary person that's almost certainly going to do something again but um yeah disability Wow. I'd like to know the story behind that.
1: Oh, speaking of rapists, Annabella Sciora. Do you know who she is or Sciorra? Um uh, Italian American actress. She was in The Sopranos. She was Tony's uh, girlfriend,
0: who is the Mercedes dealer. Everybody who watched The Sopranos remembers who she was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once you tell them that,
1: anyway. Uh, yeah, she's uh, testified in uh, Harvey Weinstein's trial. Uh, she is one of, uh, I believe, six women women who are going to testify that he forcibly raped them never mind the you know sexual harassment uh, pressuring uh, inappropriate this and uh, he has uh, power that and holding out parts blah 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 no he's a serial rapist a
0: monster just attack you and rape you yes exactly like Hold the guy you we're down just by talking force about. he's no different than this pirate guy absolutely not same guy yeah
1: yeah so uh, anyway it's troubling stuff and and terrible um and my god the the, the pain That he caused his victims through the years is just impossible to quantify, but I salute the women who are coming forward and testifying.
2: We're
0: talking about the moms for housing story that's gotten a lot of national attention, and that's uh, some moms that uh, squatted in an empty home, and then uh, they were kicked out by the police, and people thought that looked too uh, mean and ugly because it was moms and kids, and I don't like the way it looked either, if you've seen any of the videos but it was not their home <laughs> and uh well no did they own the house they were living in no they snuck in they grabbed it end of story get out and you're told to leave and if you don't leave then at some point you got to show up with guns and arrest people or you you got to keep taking it ratcheting up the the level of pressure if people just say no i'm not leaving but anyway right. um So uh, really kind-hearted people came forward and said, we're going to come up with the money to let them buy this house. And they were able to do that on Monday, and they they bought the place. And now there's a big movement growing to try to do that for more people to Mm -hmm. get to live in uh, these empty homes.
1: Yeah, charitable organizations buying up empty homes that investment groups own. Um, that are for whatever reason not renting them out or haven't gotten around to it yet or haven't gotten around to fixing them up and bringing them up to code because that's one of the problems with housing in California is the code is so exhausting and expensive because California is trying to build a utopia um, that it it slows down brutally the building or rehabbing of any housing.
0: The Moms for Housing uh, Twitter page, at Moms for Housing, we are a collective of unhoused and insecurely housed mothers. I didn't know insecurely housed was a new thing, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, organizing to reclaim vacant homes from real estate speculators. Join us. Now, if a charity group wants to uh, use their money to buy a home for anybody, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I love private charity. Good for them. But the the, the movement toward this whole uh, right to housing thing is, well, it ain't going to work. Yeah, housing is a human right is a sentence you will hear in
1: every single interview these women and their supporters will give. And Libby Schaff of Oakland will say that too. And that is yet another one of those progressive, uh, I call them greeting card slogans because they just, they're, they're very shallow. They are not analysis. They're just, um, a, a, a saying that makes you feel good or makes you feel noble. So let's break that down real quickly. Housing is a human right. What you really mean is housing paid by taxpayers is obligatory and You know, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Okay, if you're saying that it is utterly unacceptable that anybody doesn't have a roof over their head and taxpayers have to do whatever it takes to get a roof over their head, I disagree with you. Now, if you want to say any family with children, it's in the interests of society to keep those kids from becoming victimized to get them educated to keep them from becoming uh casualties or prisoners or or criminals or, or or prostitutes or whatever that we as a society have an interest in that both moral and practical i'm willing to discuss that about the kids but then i have a question for you because this is what bothers me so much about progressive america you have an absolutist positive view In terms of what taxpayers must do for the poor unfortunate folks, you must get them a house. You must get them housing. You must get them an apartment, even if it costs you $600,000 a unit in, uh, Los Angeles. But you have an absolutely negative, an absolutist negative view in terms of what society can demand of people before we force taxpayers at the at a at gunpoint essentially you don't go pay your taxes you're going to go to jail you refuse to go to jail they're going to put a gun in your face so what you're saying is no matter what we can't ask anything of these people if their lives go sideways you're paying for their housing and i think you know it it get back to the great metaphor of uh, person a and person b decide to solve person sees problems, and they decide to stick person X with the bill. And person X is the forget, forgotten man, the forgotten woman, who has no voice. Um, and we just, around here, we tend to stand up for person X and say, well, if, if you make all bad life decisions, let's leave the kids out for now, out of this. If you, as like a single male, make nothing but terrible life decisions over and over again, You're morally bankrupt and you're a junkie and the rest of it. I need a really solid explanation from person A and person B why I have to foot the bill for that person. At least give me the dignity of explaining that to me as opposed to just saying housing is a human right, which is nothing but a slogan.
0: Um, to give people around the country an idea of what it costs to live in California, because you live other places, you may be shocked by this. This particular home that these women were squatting in got kicked out of an hour buying. Jack, it's worth pointing out, squatting is just living somewhere illegally. You're not
1: literally. Half sitting on your haunches.
0: I'm glad because that hurts my uh, at my current age. I can't really do that. Very These easily. women
1: were standing, walking, uh, sitting. I found in the
0: squatting house. painful. Oh yeah, my uh, knees and, aren't built for it. You can get a chair. Yeah, uh, the house listed on Zillow for six hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. And I know for a lot of the country, you're thinking
2: what? Yeah, <laughs> six hundred
0: thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, my
1: recollection is it's a smallish house. Do you have the uh, the parameters of it?
0: Uh, I think I do, but I, I, here's the history of the, the home's um, of value. It's a pretty couple of
1: bedrooms. It's a small house with like a couple of bedrooms.
0: In 1908, the house sold for... Oh, it was built in 1908. The house first sold in 1997 for 50 grand. In 1997, you could have bought that home for 50 grand. In 1987... Um, it was a piece of crap. I think. In 1987, it was $15,000. Wow. fifteen grand in 1987. It's a tumble-down small house in a rough part of Oakland. And then this guy bought it for a half a million in a foreclosure sale this past July, listed it for 631 hmm. Now, nobody had bought it, so that might mean it wasn't quite worth that much. Yeah. But, um, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood.
2: Have you guys been seeing more and more of uh articles mentioning things like the vagrant or the vacancy tax, where yes. buildings would tenant or landlords would be taxed for not renting out their thing their their properties? Yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts on that because it seems like a new thing that I hadn't seen mentioned before.
1: Well, I, I don't I don't like it, but the idea of it is there are a shocking number of houses. I wish I knew the number in Oakland. Um, and and a shocking number in San Francisco, given how expensive housing is. But they're owned by developers and investors who are going to turn them around eventually, rent them eventually, rehab them, or just waiting for, um, you know, them to go up eight percent or whatever their nut is mm-hmm. that they'll then flip them and sell them. And there are a tremendous number of houses that are empty in Oakland, for instance. Um, and the government's point of view is, well, we got people who need houses. You got empty houses. Uh, we're taking your empty house. Yeah. Or we're going to charge you taxes for having an
0: empty house. I would like to know the dollars and cents of why people aren't renting out. Because it would seem like if I own a building and there are people who want to rent it, heck yeah, I'm going to rent it. I'm getting I'm getting rent. So while I'm waiting for the value of it to go up, mm-hmm. I'm getting rent all this time. But if you live in a state or a county or a city where they've made being a landlord so incredibly scary, right. From a legal standpoint and financially, well then, yeah, then you're not going to do it. I'm just wondering if you were in a different part of the country where the the renters don't have you buy the short hairs from the moment they step in the place, right? um, That 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 maybe they would be renting these places out at an agreed upon rent just because it'd be better than getting nothing.
1: Right. There are limits to how much you can raise the rent now. Um, There are also well, there are regulations up to your neck, but. Uh, we, anytime we bring this up, and I'm sure they're coming in and feel free to email us at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, we get the horror stories of, uh, yeah, I uh, took this person's application. We can no longer ask in Oakland, for instance, whether you're a convicted felon. And so we, these people seem nice. So we, uh, we had them move in. Turns out the gal who applied, her husband just got out. He's a multiply convicted fraud guy and whatever, blah, blah, blah. They never paid us a single day's rent. They immediately went into default. It's now nine months, and our case is Zabit We got a note from a couple of a while ago. They're not a company; they're just a couple They put their hard-earned money into a couple of rental properties, and they are taking enormous losses from these criminals who rented their home. And the authorities say. Now, you can't evict them until it goes through all these uh, legal avenues.
0: And they're now nine months down the road of somebody who never paid rent. So, right. So, what I would like to know about this, getting to the point Sean brought up, is if they made, if they balanced the scales a little between renters and landlords, to where landlords weren't so scared to even have renters, then right. maybe they would be. Because it doesn't make sense if I own a place that I don't want to have somebody paying me rent. No, there's got to the... be an explanation. Yeah, and yeah. The, I think the explanation is that the pain and risk is greater than the rent I would get. Yeah, your, your liability. The liability is greater than the rent I would get in California.
1: Yeah, exactly. Your lawyers tell you, listen, if this property, if the renter does this, that, or the other, you are going to lose $50,000 in legal fees. It would take you seven years of rent to make that. So, no, it's going to stay empty. And that's, you know, that's one of the big problems. But utopians generally, since they have no concept of how economics work and they go off of greeting card rhetoric, they don't ever get down uh, that far. You know, it was funny, a friend of a Once friend, you have
0: renters, this person says where they rent. If you have renters, you cannot get them out unless they decide to move. And you cannot sell the building, you can't do anything until they decide to move. I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Well, that's an overstatement, but it takes an enormous amount of time and legal fees to get them out. Um, a friend of mine... Uh, you know, that, that concept of uh, uh, vacancy tax is not insane. Uh, I, you know, it it might pass... Um, a friend of mine moved his business from Cal Unicornia to Texas, partly because of the better tax environment. Turns out, and listen, I am not an expert on Texas tax law, but they have an inventory tax. If you have, you know, excess inventory sitting around, they tax it because it's a way to avoid income, blah, blah, blah. Taxes mm. befuddle me completely, but. Um so the concept is not completely unknown, but it will have economic effects. Like the the state of Cal Unicornia just passed this well meaning rent control thingy. Well, it's gonna have effects and those effects are gonna be a reduced housing supply. But, but
0: ultimately the conversation of this growing idea that there's a right to a, a home. Right. Housing is a human right. To deal with homeless and everything like that, that's going to be that might be an issue during the twenty twenty presidential election. That might get going if Bernie's the nominee, because Bernie uh, tweeted yesterday about these moms for housing and how they he's so happy they got their home. This could end up being an issue. Oh boy, Uh, be a fun one to discuss. Anyway, we'll keep our eye on it.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, oh,
0: yeah, 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 let's hear that again. We haven't heard this for a while. Yeah, I go.
1: tell you what, there we are in the hallowed halls of the Senate trying to decide the fate of the presidency, and some some yahoo busts in and starts yelling.
0: President Donald J. Trump spoke by telephone with President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine to congratulate him on his recent... Words that will
1: echo in arms will restore order in, in the history. He just bites you to You know what? I have earbuds and headphones, essentially, and I've heard this now a dozen times.
0: I don't have one word. Do you have a word? I oh can't... yeah,
1: I have actually most of a sentence. I will tell you this though: if you are going to bust into a historical proceeding and you are going to bellow your outrage to the world, slow down. We know you're nervous, your palms are wet, your mouth is dry, your heart is pounding, because you're about to disrupt the Senate and be dragged out by your heels and probably tased. So you're nervous. But the key is to slow down. The president is a Russian agent, for instance.
0: Uh, Is that what he said?
1: No. Um, but you need to be distinct, so there's a little hint. Play it one more time, listen carefully, and I'll tell you how much I have of it. Jesus Christ would probably overturn I got nothing. Jesus Christ would probably overturn the, the no, no, no. playbill.
2: Something, something. The Zamfing. The Some, Zamfier. The one Volkswagen more, out front. The,
0: <laughs> one more time. You, you can't the drop a play ball. You can't drop a probably in your three second heckle. Well, yeah, that's just, it's
1: overly wordy. If Jesus Christ would probably overturn the, just say Jesus Christ would overturn the prong bill? <gasps> pl- 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 landfill? <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts. Yeah. So after that happened, I turned up my TV I happened to be watching, and you can hear the guy out in the hallway, honest to God, for three solid
2: minutes. <laughs>
0: but you can't understand a dang word he's you're, saying. You're in the hallway now. You don't have to scream like that.
1: Yeah, and, and the cop would have to say, hey, look, 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 you're hurting my ears. Can you stop bellowing, please? Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. It's Michelangelo.
0: Michael? I personally am devastated about Mr. Peanut. I looked at him as a father figure, but... um We all loved Mr. Peanut, Michael. That lady told me. Yeah. 105
2: years old. God bless him. Positive Sean is our producer Sean, your final thought? Yes, after seeing the movie 1917 yesterday, I'm down to just one movie that I still need to see to see all of the Best Picture nominees from 2019 I plan on seeing that on Saturday and I'll be able to have my official in the books, lock it up Stole cold predictions for the Oscars. Wow. All those movies. Wow, impressive. Jack, a final thought for us.
0: After the death of the long living Legume, people turned their attention. It's um, uh, <laughs> not actually a nut. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh Brett Bear just said on Fox, you know it's serious when Jim Jordan is wearing a jacket. Oh. Is uh, in the Senate? You gotta wear a jacket, I'll bet. I'll bet I'll bet being shirt just in your shirt sleeves is not an option for a senator. That's the difference between the House and the Senate. Is he gonna roll up his jacket sleeves? <laughs>
1: My final thought, courtesy of Aaron in San Diego, uh, Tulsi Gabbard suing Hillary Clinton over defamation. Aaron says, watch her suddenly get orders to a hot forward operating location in Afghanistan. Clinton body count, Clinton body count, Clinton body count, Clinton body count. He typed that like 12 <laughs> times at the end of it. Oh,
0: man. Oh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. She would be their cutest victim.
1: So many people, thanks so for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, we have the picture of the guy who doesn't remember who he is. Maybe you know who he is. You want to email us? Mailbag at
0: com. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
2: You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for
1: over three hours and 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just... Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words...
1: It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you
0: want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Look,
1: I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. Armstrong and Getty.